0: It's Labor Day, and it's a holiday, and. (laughs) 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 Thor glasses, just. having a good old time on the front row (laughs) maybe if you're in the back row you should have been on the front row (laughs) I don't know what week this is of the blessed series but it's been a long one but it's been a good one and I'm thankful for everything and all the responses that uh, we've been hearing and the things that people have been sharing with each other and and thankful for the text message that went out there the day and and all the responses we got back all of you that responded in the text to church app and um, (laughs) just a lot of good things happening in people's lives and it's worth bragging about Amen. amen If he blesses us it's worth bragging about he desires us so many times in scripture that people of Old Testament and New Testament says that we should bless his holy name. He's worthy to be praised. And he blesses us. And I think even more when we bless him. (laughs) That's scripture. (laughs) That's scripture. And if you don't feel that, your wood's wet. (laughs) Yes, beautiful scriptures. So we're back in Psalms 1. We want to read it again. We're not going to be finished today. We've got more to say and more to live out. And there's enough in these six verses to last us a lifetime, I believe. And uh, we're working our way through it, and we'll get there. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 1. Starting at verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper the ungodly are not so but are like chaff which the wind drives away therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish father we thank you for this day we thank you for your word Lord we thank you so much for Psalms 1 and Lord for the lessons that you are teaching us through this portion of scripture, even though thousands of years old, is yet relevant in our lives, in this time, in this season. And God, you're giving us an opportunity to learn of you, to acknowledge you in all of our ways. And God, I pray today that the ears would be opened, that the hearts would be receptive to what your word and your spirit is saying to us in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we dealt with verse 4, talking about the chaff and letting the wind blow some things away that don't deserve to be in our lives, hopefully and prayerfully. We felt that, we've sensed that, we've experienced that this past week. Because if it removes the dross, it purifies, and God wants to pure in our lives, and there's imagery throughout the scripture that talks about that gold, pure gold, is purified when you put a heat underneath of it, and it brings up any impurities in the gold that lays on top, and you wipe that away, and I've talked about that before, because in plumbing, we have to do that, with lead joints and things like that it's a it's an old-school method of plumbing but it's still yet the same you cannot use lead that has impurities on it because it'll leak but if you get the dross out of the lead then it is pure and it will seal and it'll keep the stick out of your house (laughs) that's why you don't give a plumber a microphone amen to us it smells like money and you know what it is it smells like money so as the impurities get washed away I think the author here goes into the next verse to give a little explanation of how that happens. Because sometimes impurities get stuck. And we talked about that last week with the fish hook and those kind of things that there are snares and snags that the enemy places that tries to prevent us from getting cleaned up. But Jesus said, be ye holy for I am holy. Why? Because he wants us to live a godly life. And he wants to rain upon us his blessings, but he's asking us to give up areas of our life to his will. So, verse five, I want to I want to look at this. It says, "Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment." Talk about the chaff, winds blowing it away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. And this is in opposition to mostly what we would see in a court of law. How many's ever stood before a judge? I'm thankful I never have, because I always pay mine early, if it's a speeding ticket we've talked about a few weeks ago. But there's some things you do where that you can't not pay early they'll tell you right but when you're in that courtroom and there's somebody up there in a black robe it's symbolic of justice according to the law and they don't enter the room you're already in there early they're back there taking a break in a big lounge chair taking it easy The bailiff's doing all the work, leading you in, getting you to sit down. Everything's arranged. And when they walk in the room, what is said? All rise. The Honorable Ben Collier is now in front of you. I thought about putting on a black robe today, but I didn't. If I'd had one, I probably would have, Derek, but. And just to kind of give a picture an image of that is, I, I really did think about this, that what if I had a black robe on and then I, I bring up and get people to come through a line and just get you all to stand up in a big circle and, and we're going to judge you one at a time. And we're going to have you walk through and, and God's going to open the book and let me see the deepest, darkest secrets of your life and give me the ability to pass judgment on you. I've heard it said, if every sin of every individual sitting in a church house was written up on the screen, that the, the church house would empty out pretty quickly. It's kind of like that way when Jesus kneeling on the ground writing, brought the woman to him, let you without sin cast the first stone, they had to walk away from the oldest to the least, And when they walked away, they were sorrowful in their heart because they knew they had sinned. It's hard for me to judge you when I sin too. Amen? But this verse says, in justice like that, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. And when I read that, I I think about that is opposite to what we see in humanity. Because we stand in honor of the judge and the robe they wear, and the bench they sit behind, that it is the seat of judgment that represents the law. But I'm here to tell you today, when we stand before the almighty judge, you won't be able to stand. Amen? Amen? There won't be any standing going on. There's going to be a whole lot of kneeling going on. And scripture says that every knee shall bow, And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord of all. So whether we do it here, when we have an option, there will be no option there. And you're not going to stand up to him and say, I don't agree. Because in the courtroom here on earth, if you stand up and start telling the judge what you think, he'll hold you in contempt, won't you? And when that happens and he puts you in contempt, you're in trouble (laughs) because you're fixing to get locked up. So in saying that, I begin to think through how this verse is saying, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. And it's hard to stand in judgment with a proud look on our face when we know we've done wrong. Amen? And not talking about after this life is over, I'm talking about here and now. God gives grace to the humble. And I'm glad he does. So if we want to receive his grace, we need to be humble in how we conduct ourselves before him. That humility is... I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And there are just so many things that I begin, I've taken too many classes Larry, I've read too much of the Bible, and I've read too many books, but we should and I don't want to give any of that up that what God has allowed me to partake and to be an ordained minister is not something I take lightly it's something that I don't deserve and I have no right to stand here and speak to you weekly but if that's what God tells me to do I want to do nothing less whether I'm equipped or not amen my abilities will not deter me from doing what God has called me to do so justice is work there's work in justice And in this judgment that it's talking about here, there's work goes on in the courtroom. There's labor there. So these books that I've read, all these things and these thoughts that swirling in my head about the Bema seat of Christ. It's in Revelation that it talks about that we will all stand before Christ and be judged. And that seat... Of judgment is where Christ judges his people so in Revelations it talks about you know that we are going to stand before him and we're going to give an account that says for every out word and every deed that we have done Christians are going to be judged you will be judged it's not if you want to or not you're going to be judged but that seat is not the seat where that is the great white throne judgment where that God is going to judge The quick and the dead It's the end of revelations Where that in the end of all of it When all things come to an end And God is fixing to make some new things That's where the lake of fire is That's where God judges everybody For everything so Jesus is judging his own And God will judge all and those two different judgments is our destiny you have no option as a christian today you will be judged both of those times But as I said earlier, you only end up in the courthouse here in humanity when you've done wrong, right? So if you've never been in front of a judge, apparently you've never done anything wrong. Or never got caught. That's that's a whole different story, isn't it? I I would say if you go to the letter of the law and every dot and every tittle, you know, the little cross in the T's and dot in the I's kind of thing that we have all committed a felony. Yes. Now you sit there in our high-mindedness and say, not me. If you go to the depths of the law, I think we can find some way that we've all been found guilty in the law that we have. But if you don't get caught, you don't have to go. Thank God. That's called grace. Grace. But when you go before a judge, you can, you can cry out and say, I would like to have some mercy applied, leniency, right? And I won't do it again, right? And mercy is getting what you don't deserve. And in that, that mercy, because of us doing wrong and being wrong, we deserve death according to that. The wages of sin is death. The earnings of sin is death. So we deserve death in the lake of fire. But thanks be to God that Jesus came to a cross and set us free. And in that freedom is what we need. So. Judgment. It's one thing that the church is known for most. And jo Don said this a lot, and I've, I've heard her say it, that, you know, and, and I, a few years ago, I think it was one of the Wednesday night things that we was doing, first Wednesdays, we was talking about how that what is the church known for, and the, the thing that's known for most is judgment. That Christians are known to be the most judgmental people there is on the planet. How we can attest to that? Christians are normally judgmental. And in my studies this and reading through so many scriptures, and I don't have time to read all of them to you, but there's a lot of scriptures that basically tells us as Christians we're not to judge the world, we're to judge each other. So there's a difference in judging Joe Schmo down the street. That is not a Christian. And the Bible says that's Jesus' job. That's his job. But in the church, it tells us to judge one another over and over and over. Not with a judgment of harsh judgment, but a judgment of love. That there is a perfecting of the saints, that there's an edification of the saints, that there's a building up of the saints. Because if we never hear a harsh message, when are we ever going to deal with the real stuff? Because we can just put icing on the cake and make it all feel good. But God's bigger than that. And he goes deeper than that. And I'm not saying I'm going to call out (laughs) and and, and bring us through a line here where we all end up in a big judgment seat here at church. But there's a place for Christians to challenge one another, to spur one another, to encourage one another. And in doing that, you're making a judgment whether you believe you are or not. In that, you're saying to somebody, I see this in scripture, what do you think about this? It's in love, it's not in harsh judgment, but it's in a godly judgment that says you can be better. You can do better. And we all need to do better. Amen? Amen. Everybody in this room, as a Christian, we can all do better today. We can grow up, and we can be what God has called us to be. And we can do what he's called us to do when we grow up. Apostle Paul said, I can't even talk to you about these things because you're babes in Christ. How many know some babies? how many know some Christian babies amen but Paul said "I I want to talk to you about these harsher things but I can't because you're just babies but at the same time Paul if you read through Corinthians and just read the first couple of chapters in Corinthians he's laying down some law and he's judging people in the church He said, I've I've got news back. I'm not there. I'm not in person. I set this church in order at Corinth. And I left some people there in charge. And there's a pastor there. There's some elders there. There's some deacons there. And and everything is in order, but everything's not in order. Because somebody's living with your stepmom. When your dad dies, you just marry his wife. These things should not be so. That's what he says. Where's that at in the law? Romans didn't disapprove of that. See what I'm saying? We'll try to make rules to accommodate what we want to do when in reality God says don't do that. So we can't go off of what we feel like here on earth or my feelings or my emotions or all these things that I want to live my life by. When I go by God's judgment, it's a whole lot different. His law is a whole lot different than mine. I'm way too lenient as a person. Amen? Yeah. Hopefully we all are. But when we deal with God, there's grace there, there's mercy there, but there's also law there. And we've got to accept that as a reality. So, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment because the ungodly can't stand in judgment. But what if you read Scripture and it says we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ? In Revelations, the Christians will stand. He's going to allow you to stand in front of Him with your eyes wide open and He's going to judge you according to what you said and what you did. Ungodly is not so because when we meet the Heavenly Father at the great white throne judgment there's nothing but kneeling. There's nothing but reverence and you will not talk back to Him. So, righteous judgment, what is that? And, and you can hear sermons about this that people talk about, they're judge with a righteous judgment. That Christians should be judging that way, that we should judge with a righteous judgment, not a unrighteous judgment, but a righteous judgment. And that would be a judgment that keeps you in right standing with God. And we talked about this in week one when we first started this sermon series, though, in verse one, because it tells us not to sit in the seat of the scornful you remember that don't sit in the seat of the scornful because it's easy to scorn everybody else and see nothing wrong with my own life Let judgment begin at the house of God right Betty happy birthday Betty everybody tell her happy birthday birthday. (laughs) I'm not saying how old I'm with Chuck I'm not saying that (laughs) 77 Chuck says it now he's all brave all after she told you Amen. Blessings upon Betty on her birthday Right Let judgment begin at the house of God it Means to invite it, it To ask for it And that's not an easy prayer to pray When I'm talking about hard stuff What well, if I ask you right now To repeat after me And say father Judge me do you wake up every morning praying that kind of prayer no we don't father bless me amen give me a good day daddy but what if we begin according to this verse the ungodly can't stand we're going to stand before Jesus because we're Christians if you believe in Jesus and give him your life and 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 confess with your mouth that you, you believe these things in your heart then you're a Christian so we get to stand before Jesus someday but the deal is what we're doing right now. And what if we're limited in our blessing because we won't ask for judgment? Amen. Judge me now so that I can be the person on this earth, on this planet, that is a representation of your kingdom. That's what dumbfounded all the people when Jesus was here. They said, who is this guy that has this kind of power, this kind of authority, and his words are not just words, but they fall on our ears and cause change to our hearts. Who is this guy? That's who he's asking us to be. Jesus said, it's better that I go away so that I can send out all of my Christians, my believers, to go all be my voices that will speak with this same authority. Amen. Read Matthew 28. Read Mark. It says the authority is in the mouths of Christians, of believers. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If any deadly thing comes against you, you know you can drink a deadly thing and not die. Why? Because God's power is greater than the things on this earth. It says you can take up a serpent. It's not a snake handling church. Thankfully, <laughs> Amen. I don't know if I'm hanging around. I like watching videos of it, but I'm not going there. If I did, I'd sit in the back row. And I'd be real close to the door, where the door's at. If it wasn't in the back row, I'd find where the door's at. That's where I'm sitting. But it says if you you can take up a serpent, and it will not hurt you. And that sounds crazy, doesn't it? That sounds, you're telling me, God, that you're bigger than the venom of a rattlesnake. That I can get bit by a rattlesnake and I will not die. That a king cobra can latch on my arm and I will not die. That sounds crazy. That's obnoxious. Who do you think you are, God? (laughs) Have you not studied medicine? Apparently you don't have your doctorate degree, God. But just a few verses later, the Apostle Paul, out on an island, and a shipwrecked, and there was a million reasons he should have died, but he was heading for, for Rome because he knew, I'm going to Rome, why? Because God has called me there. And it sounds like the craziest place to land on earth. It would be like God telling you today, I'm fixing to take you to Afghanistan, to Kabul, and I'm going to take you downtown, and you're going to stand on the corner, and you're going to preach about me. Not many of us, if there's a sign-up sheet here, is going to sign up. Amen? Apostle Paul said that's where he wants me to go and I'm going come hell or high water. A ship can wreck. All these bad things can happen and there's a million reasons why I should die and everybody's looking at me saying, why is this guy still here? But the ship come apart. He floated up on that island and when he's there, he thought, well, it's kind of cold so I'm going to build me a fire and he goes out and starts gathering sticks and when he puts them together and gets these little fire going and he's getting it all measured up and all these things and putting the twigs on there, one of them is a snake. And the Bible says that it comes alive and it latches on his arm. Do you know what everybody was saying in their judgment? Surely this man is guilty of the crimes he's committed. He's appealed to Caesar and he will never get there because he's going to die before he gets there. A venomous stake has bitten him. But guess what? God's got a plan. And that snake is not the one in control. Come on, somebody. That snake is not going to take you out because when it latches on his arm, what's he do? It says he shook it off. Do you know what some Christians ought to be doing up in this planet today? Just shaking some stuff off. Amen? Just let it go. Let the chaff blow. Let the wind come. Let the fire of the power of the gospel be in me. That these words I speak are not just blabber, but they're words of instruction, of power, of correction. Christians have that authority if we believe it. If God says it, that settles it. If I can claim his word over my life, the enemy casts to flee. Amen? When the devil come and tempted Jesus, same thing, right? Took him up on on the temple and said, look, look at all this. If you'll just turn it over to me, if you'll just bow down and serve me, I'll give you all this. <laughs> Don't tempt God. Sorry, not doing it because the enemy's going to try to tempt you. Amen. Amen. But the craziest part was the Bible says that the earth is the fullness and earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jesus already had the earth. The devil was offering him something that was already his. Yeah. He can make it look like a on, a on a silver platter, look something awesome that he tries to give you. It's all yours anyway. God is the giver of life. The enemy's going to try to make you believe that he's given you something. Do it my way. Do it your way. Frank Sinatra. It's craziness. Our humanity. But the judgment of God is that he's judging us according to this book judgment a righteous judgment so a few years ago back in the 80s way back in the 1900s for all you young people that wasn't born in the 1900s you're not cool there's a young man named Timothy Keller that moved to New York City and the city was in shambles at that time. There was no judge, judgment truly there, but just whatever felt good, do it. The whole city was just made up of, if it feels good, do it. And that's what the enemy wants you to believe. Yes. But this young man, he moves there, and there's all kinds of demonstrations. There's killing. There's murder on the street. Nobody, The cops won't even pick up a murder kind of stuff going on in downtown New York. And he moves there and he plants a church. That's not easy to go into a region like that and say, sounds like a good place for a church to me. (laughs) How many followers are you going to get? Probably not many. But he stays there and stays faithful for years and years and years. And over his lifetime, he just done a podcast recently that I listened to, and his name's Timothy Keller. And there's one of these books, it's called Generous Justice, but Timothy Keller planted that church and began to speak the truth and began to declare this is what God's Word says. And there was racial differences there that people were tore up about race. There was class warfare. There was all kinds of stuff happening that caused divisions in New York City. People from all over the earth moved there because it's the money capital of the world. That's where they wanted to be. But he walked right in the middle of it and said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And what if we had that kind of faith? To walk into a place, one of the most ungodly places that the world had ever saw, and say, not, no, not with my God. Because he's got a law and he's got a justice system that can clean all this mess up and that little area where he planted that church since the 1980s has completely transitioned and it's safe to walk there today why because God's law matters and God's justice matters but this is called a generous justice this book and he writes about how that we as Christians are to set the example Kind of like Jesus taught about. If they smite you on one cheek, turn to them the other. Is that easy? No, that's not easy to do. As Leslie was saying, it's easy for us to get into a mode and a mindset as a Christian. Well, I went to church my whole life. I'm good enough to earn this, I deserve this. Mom and Dad took me to church. She tells about all the time on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. So she got four services a week her whole childhood, all the way through her teenage years. But sitting in a pew don't make us a Christian. There's something different. When it becomes real and God begins to challenge you and cause tears to flow down your eyes when you're standing here singing to a congregation of saints, something different. God wants us to be different and Tim Keller just passed away just recently and i I'll share that out i'll'll I'll send it to you I mean you can send it out on the text group so if if you're not in the church text group, get in it because we need to use that more and I love hearing back from you and I love communicating with you. I think research says that most texts are answered within three seconds. Emails, maybe. (laughs) Send them a letter through the mail. Looks like junk mail to me. (laughs) Text is where it's at, so that's why we're using that, just to try to use the resources that work. We should wanna make a difference. And if we consider ourselves blessed people, I won't be blessed more than anything with a generous justice, that I won't judge according to my standards or my ways or my wishes, but I'll judge according to what God tells me to do, and that I will apply his word to my heart, and it will be real, it will be actionable, and people could see it, and they would know that has made a difference. Justice for all. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic, for which it stands, right? might help? how many believes there's liberty and justice for all should be but there's injustices in America that's what this book talks about there's injustices in America and that's not of God he cares about black white Jew, Gentile male, female young, old we're all the same in his eyes this justice is not according to anything earthly but according to his word it'd be awesome to see a place where there truly is liberty and justice for all for the past three years I I say the Pledge of Allegiance every Monday just about when I go to Rotary there's other things I go to and they say it every every time you go there I've seen people back to school bashing, when that all here a few weeks ago on Facebook and all that stuff, you know? What, that's what you do at the beginning of the year, just start out with fighting. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> they should say Pledge of Allegiance. For the past three years, I've been saying it this way, with liberty and justice for some. And I, I wish you would see the looks that I get of the person standing in front of me when I stand there with my hand over my heart and I say it that way. They'll turn around like what, what's wrong with this fool? What I'm doing is speaking up for those that are not getting justice the way I am. Amen. Because I would rather stand with the hurting. That's what Jesus did. Because this ain't a just world. But God wants us to be just people. Justice for all. Let's all stand. God, you've blessed us you've caused us to be highly favored and God your messages are ringing true in our heart God I pray today that you would cause us as Christians to begin to judge things according to your word Lord that we would lay down our idols that we would lay down our opinions God, we would stand upon your word and your word alone that it is truth that it is the law that it settles it and it is what is right. Jesus, there are some people in this room That want to fight for justice your justice that they want to stand up for the downtrodden God they want to be advocates for those that are poor for those that's afflicted that's sick among us that they would be like your son Jesus walking on this earth and making a difference give their words power give them the ability like the apostle Paul to shake things off that the enemy tries to hold them back with not for any possessions that we can gain any glory ourselves but we would always bless you for what you're doing with what you've equipped us with and God we all have a mouth you've given us the ability to speak you've given us freedom to live this life help us to use it for the building of your kingdom help us to be like you in all that we say or do in Jesus name that's when I ask you a question nobody looked around every head bowed every eye closed if you're in this place today and you're standing here you're sitting here and you're saying and you can feel the Holy Spirit working on your heart and telling you to lay down your ways and stop judging according to your standards and he's asking you to stand on his word and begin to declare things according to God's ways and he's challenging you in this place today to be better to rise above it all Step out of your humanity and step into his divinity. And he's asking you, he's challenging you today. In this way, I want you to lift up your hand and say, That's me. I I want to be better. He's challenging me to be better. Amen. I want to be better at calling shots balls and strikes Amen God your word says that you would equip us to do good works and on this Labor Day season it's about labor you say in your word to know those that labor among you in Thessalonians that Paul wrote about that to know those that labor among us God, I pray that you would allow us as a church to begin to commune together in such a strong way. We would be such encouragers of one another, even to the point of challenging one another with a righteous judgment, to where equipping happens and ministry begins to flourish. And God, people will take up the shield of faith. The breastplate of righteousness will be upon them, that their shoes will be shod with the gospel of the preparation of the gospel of peace. God, I pray the helmet of salvation would be upon them in this moment. And God, that the sword of the Spirit would be in their hand. And it would be yielded in this earth, God, to make a difference. That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through you to the pulling down of strongholds. God, for the enemy to be defeated by the workers of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Equip us to do your work. It's the most important work. Make your church the church where there's liberty and justice for all and not just some. Jesus' name. Amen.